worldviews are key when it comes to this stuff. And I think a lot of people settle immediately for the first one, not realizing that they're compromising their foundations and their beliefs in doing so. You know, God has designed marriage not just for our happiness, but for our well-being and our holiness, ultimately. You're listening to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church, episode 12. This week, we're going to talk about young adults and young families, and specifically how to deal with desires in and around those phases of life. I'm Josh Squires, the Minister of Counseling and Congregational Care here at First Pres. Welcome to the 1A, a podcast designed to look at how to apply biblical principles in our day-to-day lives. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. For more information, you can check us out at our website, which is firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can find all our episodes there, as well as links on how to subscribe. If this is a ministry that you enjoy, then we appreciate it if you would subscribe using the application of your choice. You can use iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. While you're there, leave us some comments. As we increase the number of reviews and comments, it becomes easier for others to find our podcast. Today, we'll be bringing in Mr. Greg Bajan and Reverend David Lawton. We'll discuss what it means to be a young adult, dealing with the desire to be married when we find ourselves single, and whether or not we should ask our spouses for help in our struggles against desire. Our first series is coming to a conclusion next week, and we'd like to wrap up with a feedback episode. So if you have any questions for me or Dr. Thomas, we'd love to hear from you. You can call, text, tweet, or email your comments, questions, or concerns. For all of our contact information, check out the website. Now, let's get to our interview. It's my pleasure to have with me today Greg Bajan, and David Lawton. Greg and David, will you just start by giving me your name, what you do, and your involvement here in the church? Yes, my name is Greg Bajan. I have been attending the church since 2009, became a member then, and I'm involved with the Sojourners class and have been since 2009, working in the uh, part where we organize everything with young adults. Also been working with various deacons throughout the years here. And I'm David Lawton, I'm one of the ministers here. I came as a minister in January of 2007, involved in different areas in the life of the church, but one of those areas is the area of family ministries, uh, pastoral care uh, with young younger families, young adults as well. Uh, Greg, just starting with you, can you give us a definition of what we mean by young adult? So my idea of a young adult would be someone that maybe has graduated college or graduated some sort of university could be their second time, third time with masters, or maybe they didn't go to college, but they're kind of now sort of independent from their family. So some sort of independency and maybe not yet married. They could be married. They could be single, but probably in the age range of between, you know, 20 years old to early thirties, probably be young adults. Okay. So in this series, we've been talking specifically about desires, worldly desires, and what those might be and how we might combat them. Any particular desires as you've helped uh, minister to young adults that you see coming up in that area? Right. I think the biggest things that where desires kind of go into with young adults, one of them is identity. And I think that's crucial across any age range. Identity is a 
big thing. All of a sudden you graduate college and you're supposed to go, who am I? I don't know what that is. Because every stage of your life, you had no idea. Who you, you, you were defined by whatever was happening at that time. And when you're a young adult, all of a sudden it's this brand new thing. You're on your own, own, and it makes it hard to figure out what that is. Um, another thing related to that would be money or career. So that you have this desire to want or earn money. You feel like you're entitled to do so. You get angry when you don't have it and you don't know what to do with it once you have it. And then obviously the big one would be trying to find a spouse or dating, whether you're engaged or looking to be engaged or you're trying to get married or you even are married. I think those are, those are probably the four desires that I think everyone, no matter what stage of their life, kind of struggles with when you're a young adult. I think we've probably spoken to a number of those as we've talked with other groups, students, mm-hmm. middle adulthood, even with Derek. But this particular struggle of finding a spouse, I think that's intense in this area right. and we haven't spoken to it yet. Um, any particular uh, guidance or insight you have there? Patience. I think that it's uh, there's pressure all around. There's pressure within the family group you're a part of, if your family thinks that you should, you know, hey, why aren't you dating someone? Have you found anyone yet? And then the other struggle of that, even alongside desire, is where do I find someone? It's tough when you're not a part of a community, one that's easy with a church, and it's hard to find that outside of the church. And we're, I don't know where people necessarily do that, that, that are believers. It could be a workspace. It could be a friend of a friend. Um, the hard part though is that if you're not, and what I've found is if you're not going to maybe the same church or the same type of believing church that you have your Christian faith, um, rested upon, it makes it harder to find a spouse. Worldviews are key when mm-hmm. it comes to this stuff. And I think a lot of people settle immediately for the first one, not realizing that they're compromising their foundations of their beliefs in doing so. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a struggle that people have. So their struggle with even finding a spouse is, what do I actually believe in? And mm. I don't know how that's part of desire, but it, it's somewhat related. Mm. You know, is my desire for a spouse greater than my desired belief that I should have in Christ and, and in God? Mm. David, uh, I, I know you've ministered with young adults for a while as well. Anything that you would tell young adults who find themselves in the place where they don't have a spouse, but they yearn in a pretty intense way for one. It's certainly uh, understandable that there's that yearning and that we've been made in God's image, uh, made for relationships with one another, uh, a desire for uh, close relationships, for intimate friendships that is expressed in, in marriage at the very heart of marriage is very appropriate and understandable, uh, appropriate desire that God has mm-hmm. placed in us. I think the role, as, as Greg was saying, of the body of Christ uh, can be of great help as uh, the body of Christ is uh, supportive of one another. Uh, uh, those who are, who are married, those who are desiring to be married, and, and those who find themselves in a place where, though they may desire <coughs> marriage, uh, God in his wisdom and his providence, uh, at this time doesn't seem to have marriage for them. One of the challenging things when it comes to desires for me is just, uh, this aspect of 
the way in which God has made us versus the way in which the world around us is seeking to squeeze us into its mold. And I think sometimes this aspect of a yearning for a life partner is a way in which these two dimensions of Mm -hmm. desire sometime come into conflict. I, I think going on that as well, one of the things that I've seen is those who really struggle in this particular area where they've wanted to be married and are currently single is that they can withdraw from the church. They see peers getting married. They see other families with young children, and it becomes a place of wound and hurt for them. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, is there a way either the church should respond to those or any encouragement you would give to somebody who is single and might be starting to withdraw? I think the body of Christ is a... uh, There can be a wonderful expression of love and support, as Greg was just saying, in terms of the church being of various generations, uh, the value and importance of enfolding into various families, those who are married, those who are not married. And for those who, who are single, who are not married or, or find themselves uh, desiring to be married, but are not, uh, to be part of the body of Christ, the family of God, and part of involved in particular families through relationships in the church can be a very significant way of uh, encouraging and supporting and being a part of the overall family of Christ. It's important that people who are married or have young families that have have or currently have, you know, young adult friends that are single. Again, this is Greg Bajan, a church member actively involved in our young adults ministry definitely do desire marriage to not exclude them. And I think it's sometimes, unfortunately, natural. It just life happens, is a little busy, and it actually, there's a whole lot more intentionality that needs to come from the church family to say, hey, come to dinner with us on Sunday after church, or, you know, how are you? And, and actually, you know, if it's a, it's a your wife's friend, then to make sure that your wife is actually meeting with them. Or if it's my friend that I'm, Spending, spending the time with single guys to make sure how are they, how are they doing? Not just in this particular struggle, just in general. Cause I think it's easy for married couples to get together, but it's harder for married couples and, and single people to get together. Cause all of a sudden, once you get married, it's like this unspoken <laughs> divide of a contract. <laughs> right. That's not, that shouldn't be there, you know? I think what Greg said earlier for those who are young adults about finding their identity in Christ really comes to bear here because... Again, this is David Lawton, our pastor of Family Ministries. Marriage is not God's ultimate for us. As wonderful as it is and as thankful as we all are for the wives that the Lord has given us, you know, even marriage points to something beyond itself and Mm -hmm. something greater of Christ in the church. And I think the more we have that understanding can help even those who aren't married to understand the great privileges they have in their own fellowship and communion Mm -hmm. with the Lord. I I was thinking of this verse um, that that came out of a a hymn that was sung at a funeral recently uh, from Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think this aspect of finding our delight finding our desires increasingly in the Lord. It's something that brings great uh, 
joy to us and, and, and as our delight is in him, our own desires that are oftentimes mixed with the reality of sin and living in the world in which we, we live and the pressures we face can help us to kind of reorient, reorient what our desires are. Uh, as we find more and more uh, joy in him and in his word and in fellowship with his people, when our identity is tethered to him, then uh, our desires change. And we find that he really gives us the desires that we want. Mm. We may have thought that our desire was for a wife or for a husband. Mm. But as we find our desires focused on him mm. and increasingly our needs met by the Lord and by his people, uh, we find that our desires are, are shaped mm-hmm. in a beautiful way, expression of his, uh, his ways with us. As the next verse says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, you had brought up the idea of young families kind of making sure that they also uh, enfold people who are single, that they don't withdraw. David, would you mind giving us a uh, thumbnail sketch of what we mean by young family? Sure. Um, you know, the world tends to think of a family as a husband and wife and children. But as we look at the Bible, actually a, a family is a husband and wife. When uh, we find in the scriptures that the man is to leave father and mother and cling to, cleave to uh, his wife. Uh, that is a new family. And so young families are not just families with young children, although many families that are young families have children. It's also a husband and wife whom God has brought together in marriage. Mm. But these families, whether it's a husband and wife or a husband and wife and children, uh, covenant children of this marriage uh, face particular desires and struggles mm. as mm. well. Mm. Some of the same things that Greg mentioned mm. that young adults face, I think, carry over mm. to young families. Mm. But there can also be uh, the desire in the midst of of young families to have and maintain a certain image, especially in the church community, to have the outward appearance that everything is good and right, that the children are functioning and obeying, that they're successful, that they're on a trajectory of of what is successful in, in the worldly sense of things. So, uh, you know, and there are other pressures that, that young families uh, can face, particularly as our world becomes increasingly opposed to the gospel where the things of Christ and God's word are increasingly uh, scarce, then uh, the, there are challenges for parents with raising their children mm-hmm. in the loving respect, the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So young families uh, have children that uh, have increasing pressures on them from uh, marketing and advertising in terms of what is true life, what is success, what are the ways of this world, and what are the idols of this world versus the truth of the scripture. One thing you said, I think and it was earlier, David, that um, we're given, obviously, godly desires and that yearning to want to find a spouse. And I think that 
it should be kind of counsel and be reminded to to people that are, that are not uh, currently married or seeking that that like you said it's not the end goal that when marriage comes about which is a wonderful thing that desires get get shifted in some way like you might you might lose that desire for or necessarily the desire to be married now it's desire of being married but it might it might trickle out and now that desire kind of gets pushed into other things job um kids and 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 life and just like that and i think that that's probably an encouraging thing to tell someone that you know it's what you think is like the end goal is not the end goal like mm. make sure that my kids are you know a plus students and they look a certain way and they act a certain way like you were saying david that you know all of a sudden what was before the desire of having a spouse could be transformed into that and i could be consumed by that or be consumed by other things is there any way different that we would advise young families to who are struggling with these desires than what we said for young adults mm-hmm. Finding their identity in Christ, making sure they're plugged into the church, the church is helping them plug in. Anything different? I'd say uh, those same things do apply in young families. There are some additional dynamics that actually can provide great strength and fortitude in dealing with desires. Uh, God has given his word not only for his family, the church, but he's also given the scriptures for families, for husband and wife, and then husband and wife and children, as the Lord provides, that they may be refreshed, that we might be renewed, that we would be prepared to live for God and for his glory in a world that is set against him. And so there's a certain power that can come as families gather together around the word. And so the value, the opportunity of fellowship in the home in the context of marriage and as a family with children around the scriptures is a great power Mm. that can also come to bear and help dealing with the pressures of this world. As we gather around God's word, there is a power associated with the scriptures, Mm. a power for parents and Mm. even for children as they deal with struggles and challenges perhaps fears, issues that they face in life, to know that Christ is with them and that his word will carry them through the particular challenges they face in life. Mm. So I I hear, I I think, exhortation to family worship being a central piece of helping families in, in, in this area. What about sharing the struggles that spouses have with each other? Once someone gets married, they're now in a new covenant relationship. Should they disclose their desires to one another and use one another to help combat those things? I'm going to say yes on this one. I think that um, it's important that husband and wife understand where desires are coming from, from a just a pragmatic way, because it shapes how they live. Now, that could easily just lead into the conversation of, are we stressing too much on this one thing is it is that almost you know questioning is is that idolizing you know are we idolizing money or are we actually being 
uh, taking godly wisdom and being wise with this. Okay, are we, what about family? Is it the same thing? Are we trying to live for ourselves and not think about growing a family, you know, and like things like that. And I think that those work together. Now there's probably, obviously, struggles or desires like lost um, uh, image things that I think are, are, are hard to, to talk with a spouse about because it's just not you know, the same type of male brain, female brain um, about these things. And those are definitely uh, places for where bouncing it off with another Christian believer is crucial and important. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they should be hidden from each other. I agree with uh, with Greg that, you know, God has designed marriage not just for our happiness, but for our well-being and our holiness, ultimately. Uh, marriage is a tool of sanctification for Christians in their uh, journey and their faith in the Lord Jesus. And so being candid and honest in an appropriate way can be very helpful I know I've found great help for my wife as I've shared various uh, desires or, or struggles in life uh, to know that she is a woman praying for me and appropriately uh, checking on me, holding me accountable. Uh, that being said, I think some of the kinds of desires that people can struggle with, there needs to be wisdom in what's said mm -hmm. to one's spouse as well. Uh, while it's appropriate to have uh, candid conversation and communication, I think some things are maybe perhaps better handled in more depth with a Christian counselor or elder or pastor. Uh, though I think it's important to have as a deep and genuine conversation as can be had in a marriage. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, David, for taking time out of your days to be with us. Thank you. You've been listening to 1A, a counseling ministry of First Presbyterian Church. We encourage you to listen to all of our episodes, which you can find on our webpage, which is firstpresscolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can also check us out on all your favorite podcast applications, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, then subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us as well. If you have comments, questions, or an issue that you'd like us to wrestle with, contact us. You can contact us via email at 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. That's 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. Or on Twitter at 1A Podcast. That's at 1A Podcast. Or you can call us by phone, 803-281-1795. That's 803-281-1795. We look forward to seeing you next week and hope that this material has helped you to live out the gospel for each other and for the kingdom. Until then, God bless.